0: Good morning, it is truly a blessing to be gathered again this morning, and thank you for your gift this morning, but beyond that, I covet your prayers and support, and I am so blessed to be a part of this body. Praise God for the church. Start off with a little something different here this morning. Um... Question, who opened the church this morning? Who unlocked church? Nate, could you please stand? Song leader, could you please stand? Eddie? Sunday school superintendent. Leonard, where are you? Take a stand, yes. If you taught Sunday school this morning, please stand up. Children, adults, if you were a Sunday school teacher this morning. Thank you. If you were an usher this morning, please stand up. Thank you. Josh, you put my water up here. Stand up. Who's running the sound system? Dennis, could you please take a stand? Our live stream guy up in the balcony. He can stand up. Ray, you had the meditation. Please stand up. Look at them. Go ahead, take a look. If they're close to you, say, God bless you. Now, some of you who are standing are not too happy with me, but that's okay. You can find your seats now. Isn't that beautiful, brothers and sisters? It takes so many, all are needed in the operation of a service. And yes, it wasn't fun for some of you to stand up and be recognized. Some of you kind of enjoyed it. Some of us like recognition more than others. Yes, accept it. But because of that scene, brothers and sisters, this morning, we ought to be the most humble and happy group of people on this planet. The beauty of the body of Christ. This week I was rolling around in my head a lot of thoughts of our our Sunday school lesson last week. Tying faith and good works. We had a good discussion in our Sunday school class. Faith without works is dead. So what are those works? What are good works? And what works should we do as we think about good works being a sign of our faith? What good works are we involved in? And I had a discussion recently with a group of, of men, and this, is, I think, is where our spiritual gifts come into play. Spiritual gifts, good works, and faith, I think, are all tied together. And this morning, I would like to look at spiritual gifts. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians 12. 1 Corinthians 12 here talks about the spiritual gifts. So I would like to take some time, and we're going to read a large percentage of the chapter here this morning. I'm going to summarize a a section of it. So follow along with me. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. Ye you know that ye were Gentiles, carried away unto these dumb idols, even as ye were led. Wherefore, I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord, but by the Holy, spirit, Holy Ghost. Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but is this, it is the same God which worketh all and in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit withal. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one and the selfsame Spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. For as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ, And then he continues on and discusses uh, different aspects of the body. They're all needed. The foot can't say, oh, I'm not a part of the body. The ear can't say. The whole body can't be the eye. He goes on to, to, to talk about the body. Verse 20, but now are they many members, yet one body. And again, he continues into talking about parts of the body, trying to be other parts. Jump down to verse 26. And whether one member suffereth, all the members suffer with it. Or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now you're the body of Christ, and members in particular. And God hath set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healing, helps, governments, diversities of tongues. All are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Are all workers of miracles? Have all the gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet show I unto you a more excellent way." So here we see verses on the spiritual gifts. And this morning, I want us to see the value of spiritual gifts. There's value in it. Each one of us has a gift. And out of that, uh, once we see that value, I want, what does that last verse say, verse 31? Covet earnestly the best gifts. That's going to be our takeaway. We want to covet earnestly the best gifts. And we're going to talk about what that word covet means closest, close to the end. Title for this morning, Covet the Best Gifts. So spiritual gifts, backing up to the beginning of the chapter. My question, what are spiritual gifts? If somebody came up to you, well, what's a spiritual gift? And uh, we see here in 1 Corinthians 12, Paul lays out uh, some meanings of the spiritual gifts. Another place is Romans 12. Go back a couple years, and Leon, when he went through the book of Romans, we talked about spiritual gifts. Ephesians 4 is another place, and 1 Peter 4 discusses a couple verses as well. Those are all references to spiritual gifts. What is the difference between a spiritual gift and a talent? Are they the same thing? Are they different? A skill? A talent? Is that all the same? I think spiritual gifts are different than a talent and a skill that we have. How does he start off here? Now concerning spiritual gifts, don't be ignorant. They matter in the body of Christ. You were Gentiles, you were carried away. Don't be ignorant of the spiritual gifts that God has given you. Spiritual gifts are different than talents in that they are abilities given by the Holy Spirit to be given to others. When we think of a Christmas gift or a birthday gift, whatever it is, we receive it or we give it, and when we receive it, it's often for ourselves, whether it's an article of clothing, a new electronic device, whatever it is, and we like to use it, or we give it to somebody so they can use. Spiritual gift is different than that, is that it's a gift given to give to somebody else. That's the difference between a spiritual gift and a normal gift or a talent. A talent is often used for ourselves. Yes, we can use a talent to bless somebody else. A spiritual gift is when we use the gifts that we've been given to bless somebody else. That is the difference between a spiritual gift and a talent and a skill. It's a gift to be given, to be passed on to someone else. Not for ourselves Not for our glory, but for the body of Christ. So that's a spiritual gift. A gifting that we have to pass on, to further the kingdom of God. So that's a spiritual gift. Why the gifts? Why do we need gifts? Turn with me to Ephesians 4. I'm going to refer to some of these other sections. We're going to come back to 1 Corinthians then, so you can put your finger there. In Ephesians 4... Verse eight is where I want to hop in. So speaking about uh, uh, Jesus here, with all lowliness and meekness, he came. There's one body, and verse eight. Wherefore he said, speaking of Jesus, he ascended up to he ascended up on high. He led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. And who is this? He that ascended also descended to the lower parts of the earth, but he is now ascended again. Verse 9 and 10. And verse 11 down through, he goes into the gifts that verse 8 was referring to. And he gave gifts unto men, some apostles, prophets, evangelists, down through the list of spiritual gifts. Why the gifts? What is Jesus doing in verse 8? He led captivity captive. What did he do when he descended to earth? He became human to conquer sin and Satan. So he defeated that at the cross, right? And he's leading them captive. Can you picture a king going and capturing a a nation or another territory and leading all the captives that he got in a line? That's what Jesus did. He conquered sin and Satan. And when he did that, he gave gifts unto men, Christians, apostles. Why? Why? because he knew that even though he had defeated Satan, Satan is a roaring lion, and he's gonna come back and try to take away the members of the body. And he is then gonna give gifts to bring unity, to bring security for the body, to be a fight against the roaring lion who's gonna come. The spiritual gifts. Don't be ignorant of the spiritual gifts that we have, and why, okay? So that's the main reason. For the unity of the body, and then in moving down into verse 12, what does he say? For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Ah. The gifts that are given are not for ourselves, but for the body. For perfecting. Perfecting means to make better. The work of the ministry, ministering to others, drawing people in to edify, to encourage. That's the reason of the spiritual gifts. And now we're going to turn back to 1 Corinthians, and it says the same thing. At the beginning, he gives all these different gifts. Why? But all these worketh that one and selfsame spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. The spirit is behind all. It is supposed to be a body. That is unified. And then he uses, in this case, the illustration of the body. A whole bunch of different members, the foot, the hand, the eye, they all take their part. Our gifts all take their part. And it is for the perfecting, the edifying, and the unity of the body. So that's why the gifts. What are gifts? Abilities by the Holy Spirit to bless others, not ourselves. Okay, that's, that's the gift. Why? To conquer, or to be a, to beware of the Satan who is coming to, like a roaring lion, to take away members of the body, to fight against that attack, to bring about unity and perfecting. Okay, so we know what the gifts are, we know why we have the gifts, but what are the gifts? We humans want to see something material. What, what are they? What, yeah, okay, I get the point of gifts. What is he? Does he go ahead and list them out? We're going to jump to the end of the chapter and jump in at verse 28. And he lists out spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts that are manifested to believers to pass on to others. First of all, we have apostles. What's an apostle? My mind goes back to the Bible times. It was apostles. Do we have apostles today? What did, what did the apostles do? They were sent out. Outside of their sphere of people that they knew. They were sent out to carry God's word. So who would be an apostle today? Maybe the missionaries that we send out to other countries. They're apostles. And that's a gift. That is a gift. Sent out, outside of their immediate group. To take God's word to a, a group of people who has not heard. To minister to a group of people outside their sphere of influence. Apostles. And God gives gifts to do that. He does. Secondary. Prophets. What do you think of when you think of a prophet? Somebody who stands in front of a group of people, shaking their finger. Hey, be careful where you're headed. My mind goes back, of course, to the Old Testament. Prophets warning the nation of Israel of the direction that they were headed. So do we have prophets today? How many of you are prophets? Prophets see right and wrong clearly. They see things black and white. They see it's got to be this way. And there's a blessing in that. They see a danger in straying off the path one foot where it's going to end up later down the road. Prophets have see things very clearly black and white. Not necessarily foretelling, foretelling of what's going to happen, but also forthtelling. It's kind of confusing, foretelling, forthtelling. Forthtelling is being bold, saying what God is showing them. Forthtelling right now. What is happening? What do they see? People are blessed. Some are blessed with the gift of prophecy. They see things black and white. It's clear to them. They may come across a little bold at times and straightforward, but they see things clearly, and they are needed. Prophecy. God gives those gifts today. Thirdly, what does he say? Teachers. Well, it's a teacher. You might think of a Sunday school teacher, school teacher, Somebody who expounds truth in a way that his hearers understand. Can you think of good teachers? People who can just explain a lesson, the Bible, in a way that that makes sense. And a teacher gets, beho- gets beside the slow learners and said, "Hey, how about this angle? How about this angle?" They're the ones with illustrations and diagrams and pictures and creative. The gift of teaching, people have that. Being able to express something clearly so we can all understand. The gift of teaching. Moving on, and we could take a lot more time to discuss each of these individual gifts, but we're going to brush over them. After that, miracles. Oh boy, gift of miracles. Squirm a little bit. Is there a gift of miracles today? Miracles is something that's an act contrary to the normal or the natural law. Something that's different. And when we think of miracles, we think of Jesus' time. He performed the miracles. Do miracles still happen today? Yeah. We may not see them. And did you ever wonder, look back at something you did and say, "Oh, whoa, how did I do that? I think God gives people the gift of miracle. Able to perform something that they could never have done. The gift of miracles. The next one that kind of ties in with it, healings. And this is another one where we squirm a little bit with the, the healings that are today. The radical calling out to Jesus for healing and dancing and all that goes with it. But I think there's a more a different sense to this healing. And I think the gift of healing can be instrumental in assisting physical and spiritual needs. You know those people that they see a problem, like, oh yeah, you should do this and this. And they're right. I think God gives the people, and sometimes I think it's moms who've dealt with children a while, You know, they know what to do in certain situations, the gift of healing. okay. And beyond the physical, spiritual, when they see a fallen brother or somebody who's hurting, they know how to get beside them and encourage them. That's the gift of healing. Getting beside the hurting and knowing how to help them along. The gift of healing. And some of us have that. Being able to see a hurting individual, physical or spiritual, and being able to point them to healing because of the Holy Spirit working through. Next one. Gift of healing. Uh, Gift of helps. Another word that's often used here is ministry in some of the other sections, and this speaks of service. Those people who are just always serving, always right there, they see a need, they're making it happen. They just love to help in the small things, often behind the scenes, nobody sees them doing. The gift of service helps. Can you think of anybody who has the gift of service? Always behind the scenes, just making it happen. It's a blessing. We need those. Next one, governments. What does governments mean? Another word that is often used here is administrations. Being able to organize something. Do we know organized people? Maybe OCD people, a little too organized. Okay? Okay. That's not what I'm talking about. The gift of organization is somebody who can just lead a group of people well. Hey, here's what needs to be done. You can do this. You do good at that. They lead meetings well. The gift of administration. We need that. Good leaders to see the need and encourage people, point people in the right direction. You know of good leaders, administrators who are organized and call everybody together. The gift of government and administration. We need them. Diversities of tongues. Again, here's another one. What does it mean to speak in an unknown tongue? We squirm a little bit. But there's stories today of people hearing things in a different language. Or hearing it in their own language when the speaker was speaking a different language. Or being able to speak a language so the hearer can understand. Yes, it seems a little foreign to us, but they're there. The diversities of tongues, speaking in a language you never heard before. Different gifts of the Spirit. And as I went down through these, the people who were standing earlier have some of these gifts. They do. That's what makes the church happen, that's what makes the body of Christ work. It's beautiful. We need them all. Right? Like we need all our body parts. We need all of them. So, as I went down through the list, how many asked the question, uh, wh- which one am I? Well, if you come see me afterwards, maybe I can give you a little test of 100 questions that should be able to tell you your spiritual gift, and you should be able to know how to proceed from here. But before I give you that handout, turn with me to Romans 12. Romans 12, and again, here is a chapter that talks about the spiritual gifts. Go to verse three. For I say, through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, According as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. When I was studying this, looking at the different gifts, my reaction was, oh, I wonder which gift I have. And that's good. We're going to talk about it a little bit. We need to covet the best gifts. But what does this verse say here? Don't think of yourself more highly than you ought. A spiritual gift is not something to be broadcasted. And it's not always necessary that you can name your spiritual gift. But seek it. And this verse says here don't think of yourself more highly than you ought. Soberly is the word used here. And I would uh, put in a synonym here humility. Realizing that, you know what, in and of myself, I am nothing. But the Holy Spirit gives me a gift. And I need to give that gift, pass on that gift to somebody else. And that should push us to be involved in the work of ministry, whatever it is. Using our gifts for the body of Christ. And so the question is, oh, what gift do I have? And when we have nudgings or when somebody gives us confirmation of a gift, that's a good thing. Because then we can pursue works, good works like we talked about last week, that go along with the gifts God has given us. After coming out of the discussion of good works, I had to think, well, how do I know which good works I'm supposed to do? Or do I have to do good works that I don't really want to do? Yeah, sometimes God calls us to do things we don't really want to do. But that's not what it's totally about It's also about finding the things that give you fulfillment. And God says, gives you more things to do in the certain areas of your gifting. I mean, if there's a need to cook a meal downstairs, yeah, I could volunteer. But I don't think that's my calling, okay? But there's ladies here who they feel fulfilled when they can get behind the scenes and make it happen. They have the gift of serving. And when they realize, when you realize that gift, when you see, ah, oh, this fills me up, pursue more of those. That's when you can be a tremendous blessing. Don't worry about naming a specific gift to you, a spiritual gift, but rather pursue things that, ah, oh, yes, this is a way I can bless others and do it again and again. Another uh, ditch, we're going to talk about some dangers here in a minute. Another ditch would be, well... No, I don't have the gift of teaching. No, I can't. I can't do it. Oh, how do you know? Give it a try. No, you don't have to teach for the rest of your life. But teach one time. Or maybe the gift of service or prophecy. Maybe you see something in another brother. Oh, I'm not a prophet. I, I, I really don't know. Yeah, get beside the brother. Encourage him. Encourage him with what you see. And if, if he's blessed... Maybe you can find another brother or sister to encourage. And maybe you have the gift of prophecy. Pursue things that God gives you affirmation and where you find fulfillment in. And I think then you can find your spiritual gifts. Some dangers in spiritual gifts. There's a balance. Like a lot of things in life, we need balance. Um, about, uh, a One side would be to complete a... 100-question uh, test and find your spiritual gift and start broadcasting it. Making, wanting to make a show of it. Oh, I need to be a teacher. God has called me to teach. I'm going to... No. That's the wrong response. Another response is to say, Oh, well, my gift's not that great. It's okay. Or don't worry about the gifts. Two ditches. We need to meet in the middle somewhere. Don't be ignorant of the gifts, is what Paul says. But be humble. Sober with the gift that God has given you to pass on to somebody else. Remember, it's not a talent. Sometimes, maybe once you just start discovering your gift in serving, you start serving everybody and you start, oh, let me do this, let me do that. Well, before you know it, you're going to be burned out. There's a difference between a talent and a gift. And what did I say? it's letting the Holy Spirit go through you. When a person starts depending on himself to engage his gift, it just becomes a talent. So the gift, if you feel fulfilled in service, teaching, whatever it is to somebody else, remember it is not you, but the Holy Spirit going through you. And if you can keep that, your spiritual gift will be vital to the body. Take it seriously. Take our spiritual gifts seriously. There's a In Matthew 22, it's talking of the rich man who had a wedding feast for his son. And he went out and called people to come. And a lot of them said, oh no, I got a farm. I got a business. And the words that is used, they made light of it. Don't make light of your spiritual gift. Don't be worried about always nailing it down or naming it. But don't take it lightly. Look for the ways that you can invest in people around you. Seek God for the gift that God has given you. Turn back to 1 Corinthians 12. Go to that last verse here in closing. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 31. But covet earnestly the best gifts. And yet show I unto you a more excellent way. Yes, God has given you talents and skills, but those are only going to bring you temporary fulfillment. Spiritual gifts, when invested in other people, will bring eternal satisfaction. Remember that. And what does he say? Covet. And when we think of coveting, we think of wanting something somebody else has. What he means here is that same idea of wanting the best gift that God has for you. Seek it in humility, not flaunting it, but seek it out. And the more excellent way that he talks about goes into the 13th chapter, which we know, the love chapter. Do all things in love. Love for the body, love for Christ. And when we have that love, the gift that God has given us will be able to flow into the body of Christ and into others around us. The definition of a spiritual gift that I came up with in my studies an expression of faith that aims to strengthen faith in someone else. Back to the faith and works, this is where I tied it together. By faith are you saved, right? You believe you're going to be saved. The lesson last week then said good works. Your works is going to show your faith. That's spiritual gifts. When I have the faith in God, I have faith that he's going to give me a gift to pass on to somebody else. That's the spiritual gift. An expression of faith that aims to strengthen faith in someone else, whether it be prophecy, administration, teaching. And, And that was just a short list. There's many, many more of ways that God gives. It is amazing when the believer finds his little niche In unfolding of the glory of God that brothers and sisters is when we find true fulfillment in a life of service to God everyone has a gift don't be sitting there thinking oh the list you went over I don't have any of those oh it might be another one everybody has a gift pursue it allow God to work through you God made you as you are in order to use you as he plans. so One more verse to end it. Turn to 1 Peter 4, verse 10. 1 Peter 4, verse 10. As every man hath received a gift, everybody received it. Even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do as the ability which God giveth. That God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Seek the gifts. Value the gift and covet the best gift that God is going to grant you to invest in somebody else. Let's all stand for a word of prayer. Brother Eddie, if you'd have a close of a verse of song at the end and you consider yourself dismissed. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning. Thank you for giving us spiritual gifts. And as we talked about that this morning, I pray that we could value the gifts that you have given us and seek, covet the best gifts that we can invest in your kingdom, not for ourselves, but to bring you honor and glory, to bring perfecting and unity to the body around us. May you be honored and glorified with our life of service to you. Take us as we go from here. Help us to stand strong in the world that we are in. In Jesus' name, amen.